Glory to God. God is good. Amen. Well, it is exciting news, you know. I'm, I'm so excited for, for what the Lord uh, has for us to do. I'm not going to try to talk too much about it yet because we haven't made the announcement yet in Mayville, so we'll, we're going to do that just in case somebody is watching that, that hasn't been told yet, so we're, we're looking forward to it. But I am looking forward to all the things. And remember, you know, we have to remember that uh, God brings us together to do greater things. You know, uh, uh, you know, whenever, any, whenever we're called to do something, uh, it's always bigger than any one individual can do. But if, if everybody does their part, brings uh, their share to anything, you know, just even a church service. If we come uh, and we want God, we desire more of God, uh, that, that produces an atmosphere that is conducive for God to move. Amen. That, that, that maybe somebody else will come in and they don't quite know to do that yet. But because you brought, you know, your excitement and you're, you're stirred up about the things of God. God, that will help draw somebody else in. And it's those things, you know, when we get the truth of the word, you know, I, I remember, I mean, I've been in church all my life. I, I, I mean, I failed miserably at it. I got real bad in a real bad way. But, you know, um, I remember coming back to the Lord in my, in my early 20s. And when I came back, just so hungry, you know, you know, I was hungry for God. I wanted to know more about God. And I was tired of the trials of life. But one of the things was, is I, I didn't know, uh, I, I was surprised at the things that I would learn. You know what I mean? Because I, I always had ideas about God. You know, people share this and people share that. I knew what angels were. You know, my wife, uh, you know, she had heard about angels. But, you know, I even knew a little bit about King David. And I knew a little bit about, uh, uh, well, Goliath, too. You know, David and Goliath. And I knew a little bit about Moses. And, but but I, I, just like my wife, I didn't know all about God and, and his character. And it was amazing to me when I started seeing who God really was and, and, and how much he didn't just want to uh, he didn't just want us is to, to follow a set of rules but he wanted a relationship with us and he wanted to interact with us and this was a wonderful thing and I'm so glad that I learned learned it amen and, and so I, I just endeavored Caleb can you turn me up maybe just a little bit more I'm not sure if it uh, I, I just want to make sure I'm not trying to project too much because I can wear myself out doing that too amen although they did give me steroids this week so you never, never know what I'm going to do amen they, they figured that might straighten my head out or something so they gave me a couple shots in the in the backside one to get me going real quick and one to keep lasting so I you, you know and so I'm ready to preach here tonight glory to God but uh, amen but God is good amen Praise the Lord. You know, that's just part of the ongoing thing. They're trying to figure out what was wrong with me, and, and I, I believe we're getting to the other side of it. Actually, I feel real good. I've been feeling really good. What? Yeah, to help with information, inflammation in my head, in my ears. You know what I mean? Like they think maybe it's an inner ear problem. So that's, I'm sharing way too much information, but you want to, it wasn't to go lift weights or something like that. You know, that's not, that's not the kind of steroids we got. Amen. Praise the Lord. But tonight's message, I'm really excited for it. Uh, uh, I hope you are too. Uh, you don't know what it's about. I do. So I have a little bit of advantage over you. Uh, but by the end of the night, you should at least know what most of it was about. Amen. Tonight's message is called Evaluating Small Faith. And we're going to be looking at faith. You know, faith is the way the kingdom of God works. Uh, it's the way we connect with God. It's the way we understand God. And, and there's so much in faith. Faith is quite possibly my favorite subject to teach on is faith because faith connects us with God. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, when I first came in, uh, you, you, you know, to the church, I had a level of faith. I had enough to get me to church. And if you came here tonight, you probably had enough, uh, some kind of faith to get you here. But, but, you know, we don't just come to church. We come so we can learn about God, so we can hear the things, you know, maybe the things we don't have time to study out. And, 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 and we come together to do a work. True, that's true, too. But all these things we do, we have to do by faith. In fact, even as the Lord uh, calls us to travel once in a while and do different things, like that, you know, we have to do those things in faith because, like my wife said, you know, uh, some of the places I'm called to go, I, I have, or that have been called to go, I have no interest in going. Um, you know, I don't have any interest in dealing with, uh, you know, like, oh, you got to have, uh, 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 you know, really good, strong uh, uh, mosquito spray and stuff like that. It's like, it's not stuff that I want to deal with, you know, snakes and spiders and uh, all the other crazy stuff that, you know, they say you go into a room and it looks fine. And then they set off one of those bug bombs, come back a few minutes later and there's all the dead bugs on the ground. You say, where did they come from? I don't know, but it's a good thing they killed them because then they don't crawl in the bed with you. You know what I mean? Sleep with mosquito and all that stuff. But, you know. 
but but God it, 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 God will call us to do things that we're not comfortable with always. But we have to understand that this is what faith is all about. Is faith builds in us. You know, we might not all be called to call, go, go across the world, and maybe there'll be more people in here that that will be. I don't know, but we'll be called to something. And whatever God calls us to do, we need faith in order to do it, in order to enact with God. Because God's going to call you into things sometimes that don't make any sense to you in your, in your natural mind. Or anyone else's natural mind either. My, my mom has kind of learned with me that when I start bringing her something, I'm going to go. And this last time I kind of brought it, you know, sheepishly because I, I knew, you know, she, she didn't necessarily going to like it. She's a good mama, you know. She, she loves her son and doesn't want to see me uncomfortable or anything like that. And, I, you know, I present it before her and she just kind of, you know, well, praise the Lord. She'll get on board with it because she believes it's God too. Amen. But all, all this is, we're, but one of the things that we're going to see tonight, and this is the, the point of this message, is that, Faith is not something that we need a lot of. Faith is just something we need to have. And it's amazing what God can do with such little faith. And, and, and this is the thing that I'm, I'm really excited to preach on tonight. So we're going to start over there in Romans 10, 16. Praise the Lord. Did you start a clock for me? It's back there. It's working back there. Okay. You know, they, they have different clocks, different places. I got to figure it all out, you know. All that and preaching too. Hallelujah. I'm just joking. Romans 10, 16, and 17. Oftentimes, you know, we just read verse 17 when we get here, but I thought 16 was really good because uh, it, it really kind of gives us a little bit more of the, the, the context here, right? It says, however, they did not all heed the good news. The good news, of course, being, uh, uh, you, you know, the good news of Jesus Christ, that he has died, he came, lived, died, uh, to, so that we could get to God, get to heaven, get, to, get, get connected back to God. You know, Jesus provided that way for us. And so they didn't all believe the good news, it says. Uh, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Now, you know, this, this idea of hearing is an interesting thing. There's a lot of people that hear the word. There's a lot of people that, you know, I, I, growing up in church, you know, I would hear the word, but how did I hear the word? And so there's an idea in the hearing that matters, not just that you sit and hear, but you hear with the intent of, uh, uh, of getting into it, the intent that you will understand it, the intent that you're going to connect with God. And see, this, this is really what the gospel all is about, is about pointing us back to God. And so when we talk about hearing, you know, and growing our faith by hearing, you can sit and hear and not grow your faith. And so we just have to understand that. Uh, but when we, when we hear the word, it, you know, part of growing the faith is the intent to do uh, as the Lord speaks to you through his word, as he reveals things about himself in his word to you, that you, you have a desire on the inside of you that you want to... You want to advance a little bit more. You know, I remember the day when, when, when I would come to church once in a while. I was a once in a while Christian, you know what I mean? I, I'd show up to church once in a while and that was okay. And, and for a time, that was, that was as much as I could do, you know. And then, then I started seeing, well, you know what? I think I need a little bit more of this. And, and I started sensing, you know, I'm, I, I started sensing growth from the inside. I started seeing that, man, I started looking at life differently. And the reason I started looking at life differently is because I was having different things that were taught to me than were taught to me in life, taught to me. And, and, and where things were always, I was always looking for the bad things and the way thing I was going to be defeated or the way they were going to take me out or the way that I was going to lose. What I started seeing is that there's this God that wants to interact with me and bring me into his world, into his realm. And this is the beginning of faith. This is why we come together. We come together so we can hear of God's word, so we can grow our faith, so we can encourage one another. And so when we hear the word, it's not just that we hear it, Okay, I've listened to the word, but we, that, that, that we chew on it, so to speak. We process it. We, we think about it. We allow it to change us when we don't want it to change us. We, we allow it in, you know what I mean? It's like that thing, you know, it's like every once in a while you don't want to let someone in, but, you know, every once in a while if you want a relationship, you got to let someone in. And, and if you've had bad relationships, that can hinder you from wanting more relationships, Right? And that's all part of the plot of the enemy to do that. You know, uh, there, there's just so uh, there, there, there's so much uh, that, that we can we could talk about here. But you know, it's it's this that we come together to learn about God, to connect with Him more, 
and to grow our faith. We shouldn't be the same a year from now that we are today. And that's up to us. It really is up to us. Because if we connect to God, if we decide, I want to, if you decide, I want to connect to God, it doesn't mean you're going to change overnight. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to be the perfect Christian or the perfect friend or the perfect spouse or the perfect whatever. You're not going to be perfected overnight. It takes you at least as long as it takes me to get perfected. And I'm still not anywhere close to that. Amen? Praise the Lord. And of course, my wife is a lot more perfected than I am. Praise the Lord for that. But, uh, uh, but that, kind of, that keeps me going in the right direction. You know what I mean? God set us up that way. But, but you know, we run with people for, for these purposes. And, 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 and it's important for us to understand these things. It's not, we're not looking for necessarily, uh, you know, this, this idea of faith that can move mountains. You know, uh, that, that's nice in theory. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit. But we, what we need to focus on is, is, is having pure faith. And that's just learning to trust God. Because if we can learn to trust God, there's nothing that can be put before us that can overcome us. Some people say to us all the time, they say, I, I don't know how you do what you do. And to be honest with you, I don't know how I do what I do. Uh, there's nothing in me that wants to stand in front of people and talk, nothing at all. Uh, you know, as I've grown in the faith a little bit, of course, I get more of a desire, but, but the idea of ministering to, 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 to standing in front of people and talking and sometimes not even knowing what I'm talking about, you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I mean, I get there and I'm just like, you know, I don't know all the things that I'm going to say. And so I can't just make it up as I go because I don't work that way. And, and so I have a, a fear of public speaking. And, and that was just the way that I always was. And it amazes me all the time that God will still use me to speak to people. All the time. If you've ever interacted with me outside of the church, you may have noticed at different times that maybe it was a little bit awkward because I'm socially just a little bit awkward. I, I don't love approaching people uh, because I always second guess myself and I'm always, you know, I, I, I'm always looking down like, I, I, is that somebody I recognize? I know I do, but I'm not really sure that it is. And, and then, I, you know, I get myself confused. I confuse myself all the time. You know, but, but, but you know, I've, I've found, you know, doing it as I've walked this life of, of faith that, uh, you know, God has taken me through the little steps of, here, trust me in this, and he'll give me a little bit. And so I step out and move. And each step that we take, we move closer to, the, uh, to, closer to that place of having faith that will do absolutely anything. It's amazing. It's amazing the process that God takes us to. You know, this, this afternoon I was praying this prayer. Um, let me see if I can remember it. It just came out of my spirit. It was something to this nature. It was like, Lord, prepare me to receive that which you've prepared me to do. That's a simple prayer of faith. Prepare me to receive in my heart that which you've prepared me to do. You, you understand before you ever do anything, it happens here first. You pick it up here, you, you feel it here, you think it here. This is, you believe that this is something you're supposed to do. And, and so in order to step out and do things that you might not want to do, you have to, you have, to have a prepared heart for that. And so that's, that's what I was praying as I was just meditating on, you know, the services were prepared for the weekend and, and I'm just meditating, spending time with God. And, and as I was praying, I was just on my back deck praying and it just came out of me. Lord, prepare my, uh, pre uh, what did I just say? Prepare me to receive that which you have prepared for me to do. Amen? Amen. And I think that's a good thing for us all to, to, to think about, so that's why I shared it. Turn with me to Mark 4. Now, we're going we're gonna to look at this. Really, uh, you know, this, this, this message is based around the idea of the, the mustard seed faith. If you're familiar with those, uh, those stories, uh, those accounts in the Scripture... Uh, we're going to start Mark 4 and verse 23. And if you backed up to, to the beginning of chapter 4, I, I highly suggest reading it. It's a really great uh, example. I've preached on it many times before, but it's a really great example of, of, of faith or, or, you know, coming to God and uh, the, uh, the sower and sowing the word and the different kinds of ground, all speaking about the different kinds of ways that we come in, you know, we come to God, our different hearts. And there's basically four kinds of ground it talks about, you know, and, and so we see 
all that there, and it's good to go uh, read that. And then, he, of course, Jesus explains it. But then he gets down here, and this is continuing on with that same thought. He says, if anyone has ears to hear, that's verse 23, so Mark 4, verse 23. If anyone, hear, anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, of course, I look around in here, and I think everybody, uh, with the exception of Melissa, I can tell has, uh, uh, Melissa and maybe Molly, I can't, because you have longer hair, so I can't tell that you have two ears. So I'm assuming everybody in here has two ears. So we'd say, well, I have ears to hear, right? We, 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 we think about that, that we have ears to hear. But it's not just that you have ears to hear. That in, in other words, Jesus wasn't saying, you know, if you've got ears, then you can hear what I'm about to say. No, it's this idea of anyone who, who, who hears but wants to hear. Somebody who's interested in hearing. And see, this is, this is what this is all about, is, is, is if you're interested, uh, if you show interest in God, and that's what he's talking about, do you have the interest to hear what I'm going to say to you? So anyone who has ears to hear, let him hear. And he was saying to them, take care, take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and more will give, be given you besides. For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and whoever does not have, even what he, shall, uh, what he has shall be taken away from him. Now, a lot, you know, a lot of people think this, and they use it for all kinds of things, but Jesus is talking about hearing. And what he's talking about really here is he's talking about this idea of whoever wants to hear will be given more. Whoever has ears to hear will be given more. In other words, whoever said that, and, and to have ears to hear, you again, you just have to determine in your heart that that's in fact what you want to do. You want to hear what God is saying. You want to hear what God is saying to you. You want to hear what God is saying to the group. You know, some Christians think, well, I could just be a Christian by myself. And, and although you can be a Christian by yourself, technically, I don't believe you can be a good Christian by yourself. Because as, a Christian, as Christians, we're called to be part of a body. We are part of a body, the body of Christ at large. But a local body, one, one another, when we come together and we, we're here, what God's doing here. What's he doing in Corey, Pennsylvania? What's he doing in Mayville, New York? What's he doing in Kenya or in Brazil? Or what's he doing in, in Germany? Or what's he doing in Sweden? And, and it's interesting because, because as you go around, as you move around, you realize that God's doing things. But when we understand that God has a place for us, a place to be, a place for our ears to hear, that if, we, if we'll sow into that, so to speak. Do you know what I mean, sow into that? Like, like we, we give ourselves to that. You know, Jesus said that wherever your heart is, there your treasure will be also. But you can read that scripture the other way around, I fully believe, and not be wrong. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart is also. Because it's the truth. It's whatever you treasure, whatever means something to you, your heart's involved in that, right? Whatever you're going to spend your time on, your heart's involved with that. Whatever you're going to spend your money on, your heart's involved with that. Whatever you're going to spend your life doing. And if it's not, it should be. If it's not, it should be. I, I never had purpose until I followed God. You know, there's all kinds of things I had plans to do. There's all kinds of things I would still like to do. There are lots of things that I know as long as I live on this earth, I will never do. Things, I will, uh, things that were desires of my heart, things that, uh, you, you know, I, I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a famous artist. I wanted to be a children's book author. And so I, I wrote children's books and, and, and with poetry and stuff like that and drew the pictures. And these were all things that I wanted to do. Now every once in a while, I'll draw a picture. Every once in a while, I'll do something like that, or I'll write a poem or something like that. But those are just things in my, in my free time for fun. They're not things that I'm going to do. Uh, you, you know, I'd like to have uh, houses and all over the place and be able to travel from one to another. I'd like to do the van life for a little while, live like that. I'd like to, you, you know what I mean? I'd love to, love to go spend, a, you know, a couple months out in Colorado or up in Montana and just, or in Alaska and, and just be away from everything, you know, or up in Maine. I'd love to move to Maine. I love, love that, that I love Maine. It's, 
the main thing for me. I want to get up there, you know. And, and so I would love to do those things. And I know that I probably am not going to do many of those things. That Yes, I can go on a camping trip once in a while. Or yes, maybe I could get a van and drive across town or to, you know, a little bit of ways. But we try not to be out of church too much because people just happen to like their pastor around. And that blesses me. It's nice to want it, be wanted. Amen. Uh, but, but at the same time, you know, there's times when we want to get away too. And times where we'd like to take a month and just go, you know, but you can't do that. And I understand that as long as I'm here, I won't be, but I'm doing the plan of God because I'm hungry for the things of God. See, when I started connecting to a plan for my life, when I started seeing that God was doing something, not just in me and through me, but in me and through me with other people in and through them as well, it really got exciting. And I started seeing, man, people's lives started changing. I see people grow in the things of God. I see people who came out of the gutter and have moved up to a place in life where, and what I mean out of the gutter is, I mean, that's how they felt. That's where their life was. That's how it was to be them. I was in that place. I remember days of waking up feeling like, God, I remember this one night after uh, having some kind of snort and some kind of drug. Uh, actually, I remember exactly what kind of drug it was, but I remember for the next three days just feeling like nothing but death, just wanting to die. I remember being in that place, you know, and I, I mean, just the, the, the absolute lowest that you could possibly be. And I, you know, and I just like, God, there's got to be. And I remember crying out to the Lord in that time, Lord, there's got to be more to life than this. And brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you there is much more to life than the worst things that can happen to us. But see, part of this is connecting to God and faith and learning to trust him. And that's really, as my wife said, that's all faith really is, is just trusting God. It's finding out how to trust God. And, you know, we come together and we learn steps and there's to be different things that we can learn to, to kind of facilitate that. But ultimately, God is going to start doing things in you. He's going to start speaking to you. Actually, God is speaking to you right now, whether you even hear him or not. And it just might take you honing your skills to understand that that's the voice of God. And even still, there's days where I'm not sure it's the voice of God. And I say to my wife, could this possibly be God? I call up a preacher friend or something, say, hey, could this possibly be God? I, maybe I just say to somebody else, could this possibly be God? And, and sometimes they tell me no. And, and sometimes they tell me yes. And, you know, I, I mean, when this whole last thing came about, all of a sudden it's like I, I you know it, it was developing in minutes literally minutes right before our eyes and I said to my wife I'm like is this really happening and she said I think it's happening well is it God I think it's God and I thought it was God too and then the more that I got you, you know what I mean and the more that but faith stirs and then the Lord woke me up in the night and he shared some things with me about it that really blessed me I wasn't planning for that's why you know usually at night I plan to sleep that's what I like to do. But sometimes God will wake you up in the middle of the night and he'll talk to you, he'll want to talk to you, and he'll start sharing things with you. And I love that because God will make your ways clear to you when you learn to trust him. And this is what we're, I just got to get to the word here because I'm, I mean, I'm really good to preach tonight, amen. It's really easy, but praise the Lord. But we're talking about, uh, uh, we're talking about Jesus setting up whoever has ears to hear, right? And now he goes and he says a couple of these things. He uses, he starts using these parables, and he starts, you know, uh, 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 talking about the kingdom of God and using parables so we can understand it, right? And it says here, and, and he was saying, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil, and he goes to bed at night and gets up by day, and the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. So he's saying the kingdom of God, the, the way the things of God work are like this. You don't know how God talks to you. You don't know when God's going to talk to you. You don't know what God is going to put before you. You don't know what kinds of crazy ideas God has for your life. But he's got some crazy ideas for your life. And, and how can I know this? Because my life has been nuts, not so crazy since I started following God. It was before but it didn't make any sense. But somehow, God makes it make sense and he makes it work. And you know what I find in that? I find pure joy. I find happiness. I find contentment. I find this place. And when people say, well, how can you do it? I'll tell you how I can do it because my God works on the inside of me to do it. And my God 
just happens to be your God too. And he wants to work on the inside of you and develop you and grow you. You don't know how. You don't know how you throw the seed out there and you come out. Maybe you do. Maybe you're a, a botanist or something like that and you understand how seeds work. I don't today. I had some seeds. I was, I was cleaning out a flower bed a little bit, you know, and I, I had to, and I like these flowers that I have and they're gone to seed. You know what I mean? They, they just turn to seed and, and there's some of them, a Shasta daisy. Have you ever seen a white daisy? And I got all these, these seed pods, and I'm like, well, I got empty spa spaces in this flower bed. And all I knew was to cast the seed. I figured the other ones grew. These ones might, might as well, too, right? And so I just cast the seed. I don't know how it's going to do. But I tried to remember where I cast it just to see, see if it works next year when, it, you know, when, when they come up. They won't come up this year. But, you know, so, so this is how the kingdom of God is. We don't always know. We don't know, always know how everything works. But we don't need to. I don't need to know how seeds work. I just see that they do. And so, you, you know, uh, th this is, these are the beginning things of faith. God teaches us through our natural world, through your, your natural life. He'll show you things in life. It's like all of a sudden, you don't know why you were led to do that thing or to say that thing or to give that person help or money or whatever it was or, 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 or to encourage that someone. You don't know why you did that. You don't understand where that came from because maybe it wasn't even in you to do that. Maybe you didn't even feel like doing that. Maybe you didn't even want to talk to somebody. I remember I was in the shoe store. I don't know why I was in the shoe store, but I was. I was looking around in the shoe store. I, was, I don't even think I was buying shoes. I was just there. And I saw this guy. He was an employee there. And he looked kind of familiar, but not really. You know what I mean? And so I go into that awkward thinking that I was telling you about earlier. I'm like, ah, but my heart is drawn to him. I don't know why. I don't know why it's drawn to him. And I just notice he keeps looking at me too. His heart was being drawn to me. And and I don't know, he didn't know why. And finally, after about a half hour going, my, my wife's finally like, let's get out of this store. How often did that happen, right? But they're like, let's get out of this store. It's time to go. And I was like, I think I got to stay a little bit longer. And, and I got to go talk to this. Finally, I, I, I work up the courage to go talk to this guy. And, and, and it was awkward and it was weird. But, you know, by the time we got done talking, you know, he started kind of opening up about his life. And I said, man, I don't, I don't know how you, how you get through life, but I was like, I found that by trusting in God, it's really, it's really helped me. And I'm a, this is, I'm a baby Christian at the time. I wasn't like some preacher, you know, some fancy preacher or something like that. It's just a joke, you know what I mean? But, but I wasn't, I'm still not some fancy preacher. I promise you that. Because uh, I say a lot of things that preachers wouldn't say. Uh, and not, not deep spiritual things. I mean, just stupid things preachers wouldn't say. You, know? you can't say that. You're a preacher. My wife tells me all the time. She's like, you can't say that. I was like, well, I, I just did. You should have stopped me ahead of time. But, but at any rate, uh, so, you, you, you know, I was just talking to the guy. I was just like, it just shared, and I don't know where it came from. Uh, you know, one day I was, I, I was just led where I was coming out of a convenience store, and I was just led, and I saw this kid sitting there, and, 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 he, was, and he was just downtrodden and depressed. And I, I and I and I saw him as I walked by him, and I was going to the car, and I and I was just like in my my heart, my just heart was being drawn to him and pulled towards him. And so here I get out of the car, and I walk up to the kid. I don't know what I'm going to say to this kid. I have no idea what I'm going to say to this kid. I get there, and then all of a sudden it just pours out of me. I said, I said, do you believe in God? And he said, no. I don't even know where these words came from. I said, well, I want you to know he believes in you. And the Lord put in my heart to hand him ten dollars. This kid just starts, I mean, probably a 14, 15-year-old kid starts just weeping, right? And, and, and this was, and we didn't, I mean, it's not, we didn't even have $10, but I just happened to have it. But I mean, that was like everything that we had. And it's just in my heart, it was to do that. I don't take credit for that. It was nothing that I did, but it was enough faith to just trust God. That God would lead me in such a way that he would, maybe this is God, maybe he wants to talk to me. And see, you can change the life of people, other people, just by, just, you don't know how. You don't know how it's going to work. Our friend was telling us about this time. He was ministering over there in Kenya. And as he was ministering, he's looking out, and there's this boy laying there on a stretcher under the tree. And he says to him, he, he, he goes up to him, I hope this is okay. I, I know I ain't getting to the end of the message. But I hope this is okay at any rate. But uh, 
We're talking about small faith, you know, and he said, all of a sudden he just, it was in his heart, he's connected with his kid and he don't know, he doesn't know what it's about. So he walks up to him and he says, I feel like the Lord wants me to pray for you. And, the, and he said, what's the problem? And he says, he's, he's weak, he can't, because he can't eat. He's so weak, he can't eat. So they had to lay him there on a stretcher. And, 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 and this is, uh, you know, just, uh, and he, so he just prays over him. And actually when he prays over him, he said nothing happened, nothing, he didn't feel anything. He laid hands on him, he prayed, he didn't feel anything. He walked away kind of feeling like, uh, you know, I, I guess that was what God wanted me to do. It seemed right. Two weeks later, he's back at the same place preaching. Two weeks later. And this boy, well, it, was, oh, it was the boy's prison that we're going to, right? Yeah. Uh, two weeks later, this, he's back at the same place preaching, and this, this kid walks up to him, and he, and he says, I'm the one that you laid hands on. He said, when you, he said later on, after I went home, I had this, this like, uh, growth, a tumor in my, in my throat. And he said, uh, it, it released. He swallowed it and, and then passed it, was showing it to his friends. But after that, he could eat. After that, he could eat. It was just that simple. You know, sometimes you don't know how it works. One time we were up at a meeting in, in Canada and we were going to see this minister that we were connected to. And my son here was not feeling well. He, he, I, I can't remember, he was sick to his stomach or whatever. And it was just, it was quite a while, right? That you didn't feel like a couple days couple days he just hadn't felt well nothing changed you know and he went up and this minister had a healing line and he went up and had hands laid on him and prayed for him he's walking back to the seat and he burps that simple it felt better it was over the sickness would come whatever it was bothering him it was over and it might, might not be much to you, but it meant something to him in the moment and see the point that I'm trying to make is how could we even know we couldn't know we just you know, we just endeavored, but we were led to be in those meetings. We knew that. Yeah. And so, see, that, this is the thing. And so we don't always know how, the, 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 how God does things or how he's going to do things. And you know the truth is? You don't need to. It would be confusing to you if you had to figure it all out. That's why God figures it out. We just got to learn to trust him. And this is what we call mustard seed faith. This is what Jesus called it. Wow. Amen? And so... Uh, he says, uh, the kingdom of God is like a man who cast seed upon the soil. We read that. So, the soil produces crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. But when the crop permits, he immediately puts a sickle, puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And then he said, how shall we picture the kingdom of God? I love that he does this again. You know, Jesus is talking, he's like, how should we picture the kingdom of God? And he gives us one example. And he's like, now, how should we picture the kingdom of God? I'm going to give another example, right? Just a wonderful thing that Jesus does here. And he says, or by what parable shall we present it? It is like a mustard seed. Why do I tell stories? Because that's what our Lord did. See, what our Lord did was he would connect the supernatural with the natural in the minds of people who maybe didn't understand the supernatural. And so that's all that we're doing when we tell these stories, when we're sharing these things. We're not trying to, to just keep you entertained. We're, we're, we're showing examples of how the kingdom works. Amen? Praise the Lord. He said, uh, uh, it is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the soil, though it is smaller than all the seeds that are upon the soil, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and forms large branches so that the birds of the air can nest under its shade. And, and see, this is exactly uh, the idea. This mustard seed faith is not saying, Jesus isn't saying that, that, that you have to have great faith. He says it's, it's, it's small. Trust God a little, and he'll grow it from there. You don't know how it all works. You don't know how faith grows. Faith comes by hearing, right? You don't know how that works, but trust that it does. Because when you trust that it does, you'll have ears to hear because what you'll start doing is listening. You'll start listening for God. You'll start listening for him to speak to you. You'll, and you'll find it in various ways. It might be in the preacher, in the pulpit. It might be in your, your, your seat buddy in the church. It, it might be in your spouse. Believe it or not, even your spouse can say good things to you that are inspired by God. It may be a friend. It may be a complete stranger that you don't know. It might be you woke up one morning, turned on a, 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 a TV and somebody was preaching or something like that and they're, they're sharing something. This actually happened to me. Changed my life. It was at a transitional place in life. I didn't know what to do. I woke up, I turned on the TV and there was Joyce Meyer. She was talking about change. 
I was going through change. I'm like, man, I got changes. I almost went into a song, almost broke into an old, uh, you, you, Jeff knows what I'm talking about, oh, going through changes. You know, that, have you ever heard that song? Uh, anyway, it's probably not a good song, don't listen to it. But, but at any rate, uh, you, you know, I, I, was, I was going through changes. I was feeling the change. I didn't know what to do. Wake up, Joyce told me all about it. I, I don't watch her regularly. I'm not against her or anything like that. I don't watch her regularly or anything like that. But the point is, is that whatever message God was using her to speak that day spoke directly into my life. I don't know how it worked. I don't know how, how he orchestrated that. I don't know why I turned on the TV. I don't normally do it. Actually, I don't turn on the TV a lot. Somebody else in my house does. I'll watch once they start. You know what I mean? I'm not that consecrated. But, but the point that I'm trying to make is that, you, you know, I wasn't planning on that, and yet my day changed. But see, that produces expectation of God. You know why I go forth in joy? You know how I can do things that God has called me to do, if you've ever wondered that? It's because I've learned to trust him. And I know I have expectation in my day. The Lord spoke to me uh, a, a while ago now, and my, we've talked about it a lot, how it comes. I put it in as a reminder on my phone every morning at 7 o'clock. First thing says, uh, goes off, it's my wife, uh, says, your wife loves you. I love that she put that in there because then it's just a good reminder of me, uh, a reminder to me actually blesses me every morning. And then right after that, it builds excitement because I know what's coming right after that. The very next thing that pops up on my phone is a reminder because 7 o'clock and I put, she put that in there first and then I put that in after, so that's why they go in that order. But then I got an excitement in me. Yes, and I always respond to it. I see that, that, that reminder come up and I said, yes, Lord, I'll look for you in my day. I'm looking for you today, God. And I, it builds just a little bit of expectation in me. Mustard seed faith. Start your day with mustard seed faith. Just a little bit and see what God can do with it throughout the day. See, learn to trust God and this is the greatest thing. You can't trust me. You can't trust your neighbor. You can't even trust your spouse most of the time, but you can trust God. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make, you know, make us creeped out about everybody. That's not my point, what I'm doing. But my point is, is that humans will fail you. I fail me. I know I'm going to fail you because I fail me and it's easier to deal with me for me than it is to deal with you for me. Do you know what I'm saying? But I know if I'm going to fail me that I'm going to fail you. And you've got to know that same thing. We don't come together because we're perfect. We come together because he is. We don't come together because, because we got this all figured out. We come together because he does. And you know what? He's put a voice in you and a voice in you and a voice in you. And right down the line, he's put a voice in each one of us to speak to one another. But he who has ears to hear will hear it. And those who don't, won't. Even what they have will be taken from them. See, God is, uh, by nature, he creates change. That's what he does. i got to get going because I really want to get to the good stuff. Amen? Oh, praise the Lord. Turn with me to Matthew 17. Hallelujah. Matthew 10 or Matthew 17 verses 14 through 21. It says when they came to the crowd a man came up to Jesus falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and, very, and is very ill. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? See, a lot of people get offended here. But that's because they don't understand what's I'm going to explain this a little bit better. How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, Because of the littleness of your faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, some uh, ancient manuscripts uh, don't include that, that, that verse. So that verse is, is, is kind of, that last verse is kind of uh, 
it, there is a debate on whether it belongs there or not. This kind doesn't come out by prayer and f fasting. But the principle is found in the word, and so we could understand it a little bit. It's not that they weren't praying and fasting specifically, but it's what prayer and fasting does. See, this, the, the, these, these are just two things that, that, that connect us with God. Um, I want to say a few things before I get more into that, but the, the accounts of Scripture were so, uh, so often the same. The people heard of Jesus, and they then came to him with expectancy. You know, nobody else is helping. How easy would it be? You know, they come to the disciples, and the disciples couldn't do it. How, how easy would it have been for this man to just leave? Yeah. Say there's no hope. How many times have you felt like that? How many times have you come to God or you thought you came to God or maybe you came to church or you came to a Christian or whatever and you said something to them maybe to get help and all they did was send you packing. They had nothing for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, how many times have we failed people? How many times as a pastor I know that I've failed people because I didn't say the right thing. I could have said it better when they left. I figured out the perfect thing to say but now they don't want to talk to me because the thing I said wasn't very perfect at all. And that's never my heart. My heart is always to help people, just like your hearts are to help people, right? But sometimes we miss it. But see, as we spend this relation, this time with God, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we see these, uh, when, we, when we read the word, one of the things that we see is how people came. They, they kept coming to Jesus. They, they were driven to go to Jesus. That's still the answer for us today. And this is where the prayer and fasting, although I'm not teaching on those things tonight, but they're, they're just ways of getting connected to God. There's many ways of connecting to God through reading the word. That could be another thing you could add in there. Or, or, or of course, prayer and fasting. Prayer is just simply talking to God. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing, it doesn't have to be, I mean, there's different kinds of ways you can pray and stuff like that. But you know, none of that stuff really matters a whole lot if you have a heart to speak to God. Yeah. It doesn't really matter how you talk to God. Let him speak to you. And, you know, you can enjoy this. This is something that, that you... Um, you know, it, it, usually, uh, you know, we, when we talk about faith, or when I talk about hope, New Testament hope, we, I, always re, I always reverse it, and, or I always say that hope really means expectancy. They, it, it's a, an expectation. That's what biblical hope means. Yeah. But, but I'm going to reverse that this time and say it like this, that their expectancy was hope. See, they allowed themselves to hope in him. You, you don't need to hope in me. You don't need to hope in this church. You don't need to hope in any other person or any other church. You just need to have hope in him. I mean, if, I, if I press on one more time, if I go to him yet again, if I keep pressing towards Jesus, see, that's what the faith that God is looking for. It's just enough to say that I'm not giving up going to him. Yeah. That's it. Right. Regardless, everybody around you can fail you. And I'm, I've had times in my life where everybody has failed me. I can name several times in life where I was left completely alone. I had nowhere I could turn, no one I could turn to, nobody that would answer questions. And I remember being a hurting and broken young man, and I would go into churches, and I would even have pastors not be able to have, help me. Not, uh, other, other, other Christians just kind of tossed me to the side. In fact, one of them was in a great church that I went to, this church. And when I didn't do exactly things the way that, that certain people thought that I should, I rubbed somebody a little bit the wrong way. And not anything major, really, looking back on it, was anything that big of a deal. I just did opposite of what they thought I should do. They just threw me out. It was just like that. You're worthless to us now. But see, I didn't give up on God. In my worst, in those, those moments when I was at my worst, there was something in me that called out to God. I was just like, Lord, I want you. I know that I need you. I know that I need to do this again. I start, started and quit churches more times probably than there are seats in this place. I'm just telling you the truth. But I didn't give up on God. And because of that, God has seen me through. Because, uh, because I just keep looking to him. He's seen me through. And this is exactly what we see here. Now talking about the littleness of, of their faith. It, it wasn't just their generation that Jesus was talking to. You could say it equally to our generation. In fact, many generations in between, there's times of revival have had to happen. Because God's had to do something just to stir people up. 
And if you don't know what revival is, well, we certainly haven't experienced a, a real one yet. I mean, we've had little bits. You know, there was just that revival down in Asbury, and, and, and I, I don't have any issue with that. I think that's great. I think God's showing stuff, and he's having little flames start up where, where people are just coming together. They're wanting to know more about God, and, and maybe they don't even know why. We've experienced little bits of it. But, but brothers and sisters, there's revival. God has to do those to stir us up. But what we see here, and this, this comes through study, um, uh, this is what I, I love commentaries, uh, reading commentaries on, on the Bible, because commentaries can sometimes really put us in the context of what was going on. And this is what this one commentary says. It says, the nine disciples should have been able to cast out the demon. Jesus had given them this power with authority. And we see that back in Matthew 10, uh, verses 1 and 8. So Jesus had already given them authority to cast out demons, heal the sick. He gave them the ability to do But somehow, they had lost their power. When they asked Jesus the cause of their shameful failure, he told them their lack of faith, their lack of prayer, and their lack of discipline, though this verse is not found in many manuscripts. The nine were perhaps jealous because they had been called to go to the mountaintop with Jesus. If, if you don't know, uh, uh, you know, he had just t went to the mountain with, with three of his disciples, three of the twelve, and, and they got to see Jesus transfigured, and they, they saw him in, you know, all this, in his glory, and there's this miraculous thing, but only three of them got to go. The other nine had to stay behind. Um, uh, the nine were perhaps jealous because they had been called to the mountaintop, or they, they, they had not been called to go to the mountaintop with Jesus. And during the Lord's absence, they begin to grow self-indulgent. Just like we all do, right? This is going somewhere. They neglected prayer. Their faith weakened. Then when crisis came, they were unprepared. Like Samson, they went out to battle without realizing that their power was gone. And that's found in Judges 6.20, which I'm going to read in just a minute. From their, uh, from their example, we see the importance of staying spiritually healthy. And what the idea is here is, see, we can, we can let things wane just because we, you know, we get wrapped up and busy with everything and we just, you know, and we just, we, you know, we get to this place where we're distracted by, by life or by whatever, you know, maybe you have trial in your life that's causing you to be distracted. You're not spending as much time with God. I, I've grown to the point now, and I'll just be honest with you, this is the way it is with me, when I've gone too long without serious time with God, I start, I can, I can feel it. I feel my body change. My mind changes. I can feel it. I can feel the process. And I know exactly what it is. I don't know if you ever needed a banana. You ever needed a banana? <laughs> There's times where I just like, I don't know why, but I need a banana. There's times I eat a banana and all it makes me do is, well, oh, you know, I can't handle the texture of it. But there's times where my body is like, you need a banana. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Maybe it's something else for you, but there's times where I get like that, you know? I just know that I need something. Well, the same thing is with God. When you, when you build a relationship with God through little steps of faith, what happens is you'll get to a place where you're just like, you know what? Something just don't feel... It's, it's like somebody says, it's like showering with your socks on. Something ain't right. You know what I mean? There's something about it that's weird. It just doesn't feel quite right. And so, you, you, you know, and, and, and so that's the way it is with God. Like, you can, you can build such a relationship with God that maybe, you know, I've had people come to me that are, are, are regular church attenders, and they'll say, you know, if I miss church for a couple weeks because of something, all of a sudden I, I, I can feel it in my body. I feel like, I feel different. I feel not right. And why is that? It's not because I've got some magic power that I'm sprinkling dust over you. We're not pumping something in through the vents, although that would be nice and easy if we could, but we're not doing that either. Uh, you, you know, and what it is, is I, I swear to God, I used to go to Tim Hortons like, like, like every day I used to go to Tim Hortons and get like four cup, cups of coffee a day. And I swear to God, I believe that they, they, they put something in it that made me addicted to it because I had to. And I can't even drink this stuff. I mean, I can't even drink a sip of the coffee. It makes me want to, uh, but, uh, you, you know, I just, uh, but back then, man, I just drank it one after another, you know, but, but you know what it is, the same thing is with God, like he's, he's made us to be addicted, do you know that? He's given us addicted personalities, but it's not meant to be wasted on drugs or Tim Hortons or bananas or anything else. What, what, what it's meant to be wasted or spent on is him. He wants us to be saturated with him. He wants us to be full of him. He wants us, if we get just a little, far enough away from him, we're like, nah, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. I need to get back in his presence. That's what God wants to do with us. Yeah. And brothers and sisters, that comes 
through little steps of faith. That comes from, from, from taking a nibble and then taking another nibble. And, you, you know, and not getting so full that you can't take those bites. Yeah. This is mustard seed faith. Speaking of Samson in Judges 16.20, I'll just pull it up. If you want to write it down, look at it later, you're welcome to. It says there, she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as other times and shake myself free. But he did not know the Lord had departed from him. See, these, these disciples were the same way when it came to, they hadn't been spending the time perhaps with God that they should. We know that because Jesus is basically telling us that. Yeah. And, and they, they hadn't gotten to this place. He had already given them the power to do things. But they, were, they didn't have that same connection. They didn't have that same closeness. And so then when they went to do what, 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 what they needed to do, they weren't able to do it. And how often in life do we get the same thing? We let the, the cares of the world build up and we let the, the trials of life come against us. They build up and they're hemmed in and they got us, you know, they just got us hemmed in. You know what I mean? Have you ever been so hemmed in by the trials? You can't move left, right, forward, backward. Yeah. But you know something you can always do is look up. Yeah. They might have you closed in on every side, yeah. but one thing that they can't stop is your relationship with him. Because even if they're standing over you, God can see right through them. Yes, it's just like Stephen, when Stephen was being stoned and he looked up to heaven and he saw the glory of God. And I'm convinced, I mean, we could argue this, but I'm convinced that he never felt a stone hit him because he was just so enraptured with God. And when we see that in that account, just amazing. Do you know that's what it is? When we put our focus on God, when we come back to him in that, that mustard seed faith, that little bit of trust that we have. Do you know there was a time, uh, our friend was telling us this story. It was great. It was in, uh, I don't know if I told it in this church or the other church maybe, uh, but just people, whatever. But he was, uh, you know, over in Africa, they have uh, uh, baboons and baboons are dangerous. And they, they had this one, like, kind of open-air hallway between the two buildings. It was open-air, open up top, but there was two walls on either side. And he said, he's going down, and these baboons, they're only about, you know, maybe about a couple feet tall, but they'll kill you. I mean, they're just nasty. They'll, they'll, they're just, they're stronger than you, and they have teeth like lions. So just, you know, they'll, and they'll kill you. That's what they do. They're nasty. Uh, especially if you're in their way. And he said, he's walking down this corridor by himself, and all of a sudden, this baboon jumps down in the middle. Right? And he sees this thing jump down in there. The first thing that grips him is fear. Yeah. It'd grip you too. Yeah. I'll tell you what, we used to have a little bunny. And that little bunny in the cage, man, would, she, would you come there and she didn't want you to? She'd stomp. And that little stomp always stopped me. I don't know why it did, but it always stopped me. It was just enough to let me know, like, listen, I'm, I'm like, you keep coming at me. I don't want you here. You keep coming at me and, and, and I'm going to fight. You know, there's just something in me that didn't want to fight it, right? But we're talking about baboons, not bunnies, right? My, my battle's bunnies, his babo battles were baboons. So he said, this thing looks at him, and he's like, there's too far to go back. He can't go forward. He said, this thing looks at him and just starts running at him. This thing's coming right at him down this little narrow corridor, right? Coming right at him. And he said, oh, the only thing he had to say, the only thing, he, no pr big prayer of faith, no, 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 you know, in Jesus. Now, all he said, Jesus. That was it. That was it. That's mustard seed faith. He said that thing got right up to him, scaled up the wall, and ran up down the wall. Had no reason to, but that's what it did. The only thing he could get out of his mouth was Jesus. Do you know there will be times in your life where you, you can't even think about what to pray. I don't even know what to pray. Jesus. You just point it towards him. You start looking and see. This is what mustard. This is what the mustard seed faith is all about. It's not that that you that that you needed just a little and you didn't have that. It's that you have a little and you didn't use it. Yeah. He's given us all a measure of faith. The Bible says, "He's given us all a measure of faith." Right. He gave us the measure we need to do whatever we called us to do, whatever He's called us to do. And so, if something's in your path, that there's some baboon facing off against you. And all you got is Jesus. That's all you need. You're hemmed in on every side. You can't go backwards. How many times do you can't go back in life? The only thing you do is go forward. If you're going to go forward, go forward in Christ. Don't bother wasting it. 
you, you know, with all the other stuff, philosophies and ideas of the world and, you know, worldly this, worldly that. Find out how to trust God. Take those steps towards trusting Him. Amen? Praise God. So I'm going to close here. We're going to go to Mark 6. Amen. Oh, look, I have a, I have a ribbon there because I was studying there. Mark 6, verses 1 through 6. This is important for us to see. Jesus went out from there and came into his, own, his hometown, and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and the many listeners were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom given to him? And such miracles as these performed by his hands. So they're recognizing all this stuff, right? They, they've seen all this stuff. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his own relatives and in his own household. And he could do no miracle there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and he healed them. And he wondered at their unbelief and he was going about in the villages teaching. So here we see Jesus not, not being able to do the things that he wanted to do and connected their unbelief to it. See, they were offended at him. They, they, they weren't trusting in him. And, and I'm not convinced that it's because he was powerless to do so or if it was that because he refused to do so. Because in the, in the presence of denial of God, God doesn't move. When you reject God, he doesn't force himself into you. And if you don't want what he has, he probably isn't going to give it to you. Now, you know, we all make dumb decisions. Have you ever been mad at God? Shake your fist at God. Have you ever done that? If you haven't, well, you're better than I am because I have. There's been times. There was one time I was doing it. I was shaking my fist at God real loud. I was mad at my circumstance. I was mad what was going on. You know, I'm trusting in you and look at where I am. And he let me go for a little while. He did. Yeah, he let me run my mouth. And I was, man. I wasn't cursing, but I was pretty much cursing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yelling at God. Yeah. Young in the faith. And uh, I'd like to say I've only done it when I was young in the faith, but that's not the truth. You know, sometimes we find ourselves getting mad, right? This ain't fair. This ain't right. Why do I have to deal with this, right? And so he let me do it for a little while, and then all of a sudden it was like in the spirit I got slapped. It was just like that. Straighten right up. I'm sorry, God. And, and, and it was a slap back to reality. It was literally like a slap in the spirit. If you don't know what that's like, it ain't fun. It doesn't feel like a slap in the face, but I'd much rather get slapped in the face by a big man than get slapped in the spirit by the man. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I'm just telling you the truth. But like, uh, you, you know, uh, it was like, because God reminded me, I draw every breath because he allows me to draw breath. Every time my heart beat. Man, when I was just in the hospital, one of the blessings of being in the hospital was getting to see your insides. And they're doing a, they're doing a, a, a echocardiogram. And so, you know, it's like doing a, a like a, with the babies, you know, but on your sonogram, like on your heart. I see this heart beating, to do, to do, to do, to do, my heart, you know, pumping blood. And as it was doing that, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, 40, that, that heart's been going for 48 years. 48 years that heart's been beating, just like every day hasn't stopped. What an amazing thing, right? All because God willed it to happen. All because God willed I mean, like explain that, science. You know what I mean? They can explain it, but like not really. They can't make it happen, so they can't explain it that good. But you know what I'm saying? Just going and going and going. And, 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 and it just, it, what, what an amazing thing. But God reminded me of that in those moments, you know, that every breath I draw, reason I exist, the reason that the devil doesn't just have ability to just take me out. You know, the devil would take you out in an instant if he could. He's not waiting. He's waiting for opportunity, sure. But he hasn't found any, otherwise he would, you wouldn't be here. Because the devil would love to just, just love to destroy your life. Have you, have you noticed that? 
I mean, somehow we always blame God when bad things happen, but it isn't God doing it. It's the fact that he's opened doors and we haven't connected to it, right? And it doesn't mean that nothing bad will ever come against you, but I'll tell you what will, what will happen is you'll always overcome with God. You just need enough faith to say yes. You just need enough faith to say Jesus. I'm convinced if you can get all Jesus out. What if that baboon's running at you a little bit faster than normal? Yeah. You're on your way to the right place. I don't think God's going to look at that and say, well, that wasn't mustard CD enough. You know what I mean? Like, God, I only had time to get half a mustard seed out. Amen? So we ain't got to, see, this is the thing. When we come to God, we have to examine, we have to evaluate what we're doing. Like, listen, we're trusting in God. Actually, that's what God reminded me on this next trip. He's like, because, you know, the, the, the thoughts come, you know, after you agree to something, then the thoughts come. It's always, always the way it is with me, the thoughts. Well, this and that. Just trust me. Yes. Trust me. Right. He hasn't led me astray yet. I've led me astray a lot, and I've gotten a whole heap of mess, and he's gotten me out of it. Sometimes it's taken him a while because he's going to let me learn, you know what I mean? But then that's okay, too. But God's taken us somewhere, brothers and sisters, if we just trust him. Don't worry about having faith to move mountains. The mountains seem so big. He said with mustard seed faith, the mountain will move. Why? You don't know how. Just like you don't know the blade of grass or the, the ear of coal. You don't know how it all works. You might not know how it all works. It doesn't matter how it all works. He said with mustard seed faith, with little faith, the mountain can move. Yes. Amen? Yes. And that's all we need to know. You got a mountain in front of you? Don't try to figure it out. Right. Trust in the one who's already got it, got it pinpointed down. He knows what to do. Amen? Brothers and sisters, God is with us. Amen? Amen?